Forget your former managers, ignore the ex-pros. As football fans, we all know the real experts drink in pubs. It's funny, it's argumentative, and often it's just plain wrong. Welcome to the Foss Arms Public House and welcome to the Leicester City Pubcast. Hello everyone and welcome to a gratified Foss Arms on what has been a bizarre week for the club of two shocking performances but nevertheless plenty of points and to discuss it with me as usual are my two friends Killer, good evening. Good evening Tim. And Norm, good evening. Good evening Tim. But before we start Norm, I know that uh, we have made a grave mistake on the show haven't we and we need to offer an apology. Uh, yes, yes I, I have. Um, on our show two weeks ago, I said that a friend and weekly listener, Rex, had left a Leicester game at Villa Park on the 22nd of February 1995 when City were 4-1 down and missed our successful comeback to 4-all. Rex didn't leave the game early. Rex didn't even attend the game. <laughs> Rex was in Wood Green. Rex, I am so sorry. I owe you an enormous... Uh, apology and i am very very sorry and i will get you a pint of trumpwell's ipa next time i see you i do hope you can forgive me sorry just I'm out of interest norm just out of interest who who was it who did leave the ground early then um i'm afraid i haven't managed to extend my research to knowing who that was I, 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 so your story was that someone once left the ground early watching the I dreamt that somebody left that game early. Yeah, yeah, that is the bottom line. I, I, I suspect no one actually did leave the game early. I just invented it for this to try and earn a few cheap laughs. And that I am also sorry for. Well, it's more factual factual inaccuracies for which this show is now becoming known. But everyone needs a USP. So let's move on. And uh, we've got plenty going on tonight. Uh, reviews of another, another double game week. We've got a, a different voice joining us uh, in, a, in a few minutes' time as well. And then we're going to be doing a hybrid of Know Your Club and On This Day in History, along with a preview of, I'm going to say, our easiest game of the season, Sheffield United. But before all that, Norm, Burnley, far away. Oh, goodness me. Um, I mean, frustration and annoyance started on this game before um, it even kicked off as soon as I saw the team. I mean, we've got, we had a ready-made back four available, Castagna, Ricardo, Fafana and Lincio, uh, you know, allowing us to play the formation that's seen us do so well. And yet we start with a back three when we're short of centre-backs with MRT and the division's best defensive midfielder in it. Um, so I wasn't expecting a lot. And sure enough, that's how it started off. Chowdhury having to play in midfield. Goodness me, no surprise when he made the mistake for, um, for, their, for their goal. And I've got to say, if it wasn't for Schmeichel and well, Ian Acho's wonder strike, I mean, who honestly thought he had it in him to hit the back of the net from a, an over-the-shoulder volley. I mean, it was just, it was, well, I think it's probably going to be goal of the season. I thought it was, you know, absolutely immense. But if it wasn't for that and Schmeichel, we would have been dead and buried. We could have been dead and buried by half time. And when we switched the back four, finally, 
we were obviously still in the game and we did have chances to win it and it just i just can't think if we'd started off in that way whilst it wasn't a great performance we we did enough when we went to the four to potentially have nicked the game and i don't think it had been deserved but you know it would have given us an opportunity now since the game has, has finished so long i've actually calmed down a little bit about it because i kind of think that we've got to cut ourselves a little bit of slack here our, our team was and still is ravaged by injuries so actually a point at burnley against a team that very physical and played pretty well on the night i thought compared to well, certainly compared to worse I'm not now too disappointed given the way things have been going this season. So all in all, looking back, you know, bad performance could have been better, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of take that. Well, Killer, I'm not really going to add anything myself because I agree with every single word Norm said. I suppose the only, the only little thing I'll do is to summarise. Didn't Superbrain get it horribly wrong? The only thing I think might have been going through his mind is what's become quite a tradition now with football managers. I don't know if you noticed, most teams don't play two out-and-out -out strikers, do they? But Burnley do. And I just wonder whether or not that forced his hand a little bit in terms of he wanted to play the three the three centre-backs. The, the whole problem, as Norm has been alluding to, is you put really your best midfielder in your back four when you're already makeshift and we look a totally different team when Ndidi then obviously dropped into that midfield, he started pulling the strings. So yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm obviously going to talk about Brighton in a minute. We just have to keep coming back to this. We are totally, totally makeshift. Leicester City aren't the biggest football team in, in England and we certainly aren't the biggest squad. We've got four guaranteed outfield starters not playing. And it's, it's absolutely crucified us. And even then on the subs bench, those players that like Dennis Pratt and Perez that you would look for and go, well, you're our first line to come on. They're not there. So it's totally, totally depleted. I'm with Norm, ultimately. By the sounds of it, by the way, people are saying, but that was Burnley's best performance of the season. I don't know if it was or it wasn't, but certainly they did play well. And ultimately, I do think it was a reasonably good point. And Killer, the great thing about these double game weeks is that when you make a very, very obvious mistake, like not playing your best players because you're choosing to play a five across the back, you get the chance to rectify that within days against Brighton, don't you, Super Brand? Yeah, look, I, I tell you what, I'm going to take a more holistic approach to this this evening. I'm, I've already mentioned the fact we're we're totally makeshift. We've 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 been hideously hideously depleted and I think the squad's been shown up as well to be a little bit a little bit thin on the ground and if you look at what's happened against Brighton rubbish first half second half much much better we could have been we could have been dead and buried by half time if they knew where the where the net was which sounds like it's been their problem all season but you know what Tim you asked me a question a couple of weeks ago when we got four points away from home how did I feel about that and actually I think the same thing still applies we are depleted we've got a makeshift team we have certainly there's a few curious decisions being made by Super Bren but we're third in the table we got four points and it could have been a whole lot worse 
So, Norm, I'm not going to let Super Bren off quite that easily because the, the player, you know, to, to me, when you're in a situation like that, and as, as Killer mentions, we are down to the bare bones, find a way to get your best players in the team. All Brighton's been one of our best players. He didn't start either game. No, and, and would have done had, you know, had he played a back four, then obviously Chowdhury and Amati could have easily been the players that had that missed out. You know, all Brighton comes in for um, uh, Chowdhury and um, for Farner for obviously for Amati. Uh, for Amati, it's um, it's kind of it, it, yeah. I, I think I think he's he's missed it here. There were times at the beginning of the season, particularly the Man City game, where three at the back or five at the back, however you want to describe it, worked. It it just isn't working for us, and in general, it doesn't. We always look better, in my opinion, with four. So I think he's, I think he made a mis, I think he made a mistake again, and I was, you know, shocked that Marty was playing, and yet it's very difficult to be negative about a player that scored the winner. So you know, and and ultimately, he wasn't too bad in that in the game against Brighton. But yeah, I'm hoping certainly against Sheffield United that we we, we do revert back to our strengths. Let's put it like that. And just building on that point, Killer, we uh, when we finally did did see All Brighton against Brighton, um, we finally found a solution to our corners by asking the best crosser in the Premier League over the last five years to take one. <laughs> yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? And look, look, I'm a big Mark All Brighton fan. I do think his form has been a little bit indifferent of late. And obviously, Brendan Rodgers gets the opportunity to watch him in training. Of course, we don't. You know what I would say about this is actually I think there's a couple of there's a couple of people that have come through very strongly through these last couple of games. I think Amati's actually done well. Forget the winner. I know you know it was actually a smart finish, wasn't it? It was. But I, th- I think I think actually he played he's he's played well. And of course the other player is uh, is Ian Achu, who's done yeah. very well. Two exceptional goals, but not just that. He just looks like there's a player ready to break out, and I just wonder whether or not now he's getting a bit of game time. Actually, we're starting to to see a, a different player, and I do hope so. The worry, the worry is that haven't we seen some absolutely wretched performance performances by Sionshu? I mean, he just looks like he looks lost, totally lost. What happened to that guy that we were basically? We were saying, well, we'll probably end up selling him in the summer to Man City for a hundred million. I think you could, I think you can drop a zero off that now, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about some players that might might be uh, coming back this week. Actually, when we when we come ahead to, to look at look ahead to the Sheffield United game, but Norm, just to, to summarise, I mean, they, they've been poor, two very poor displays against what the Premier League table says are very poor teams. And, you know, all this stuff around our Brighton are a good team. Brighton are quite an attractive team on the eye. They are a very poor team. They've won one game at home and we're the leading um, the leading team away from home. That should have been a cakewalk. And we, we somehow managed to scramble it. But on the flip side, we've played like that for two games and managed, as, as Killer mentioned, with half a side to get four points out of six. Absolutely. And, let, and let's let's just... Like concentrate on that. It's the points that matter at the moment, isn't it? We've got a depleted team. We're not going to be able to play the sensational football we've we have been playing without Madison and and Barnes. And let's also be clear, Vardy is not the Vardy that we know and love at the moment. And I actually thought that Ian Asher was a little bit lucky to be subbed against Burnley and 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 not Vardy. But 
Vardy will come good and will come good. And it's the fact that we're winning games when we're not playing well. We all know, I know it's a cliche, it is a sign of a, of a team that's going to do all right. So let's let's just be positive and think, yeah, four points, best away record in the league, magic. Yeah. Only 10 games to go as well. Yeah. So as a new feature, we would like to encourage some of our supporters from far-flung parts of the globe to, to join us and give us a perspective about just what it's like being foxhailed in different parts of the country. And, and tonight I'm pleased to say that joining us from Sydney in Australia is Steve. Good evening, Steve, from our point of view. Good evening, Tim. Good morning, everybody. And, and how is tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow is beautiful. It's a lovely day. It's 8 o'clock in the morning, about 23 degrees, bright sunshine streaming. I should stop that because Kill had a go at me when I told him about that last week, didn't he? <laughs> I'm freezing cold. I've just put the heating on. I've just poured a pint. <laughs> there could be some money in this, couldn't there? Knowing, knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. So tell us, uh, tell us about your Leicester supporting life in in Sydney. You grew up in Leicester, didn't you? But you've you've been there for a number of years. I did. I did. I moved over here in two thousand and four or five around that time. So sort of on the face of it, was really lucky because I was there for the Mickey Adams season. Um, and we got we got relegated that year, and then of course this, the next ten years here was not the high point of Leicester City. We went obviously down into the third tier, and I missed all of that. And I know you guys talked about going to all the new grounds, but I'd still rather have been here. But then of course we've had this this incredible uptick, and um, I've managed to be a part of that in in a unique way, I suppose, with the with the fans over here. And how, how does it, is there a community of, of City fans in, in Sydney? Then? It's interesting, yeah, there is. And I've not really been part of it. I've sort of connected up with a couple of them. But it takes me back to the time, the, the Man United game, of course, when we could have won the title at Old Trafford. That was lucky for me. The timing was perfect, because I know you've asked about the timings of matches. That happened to be 10pm on a Sunday night. Also happened to be my 45th birthday. So, but I was feeling a bit sorry for myself and I was thinking, oh God, all my friends will be at Old Trafford's big Leicester community. And I went out and found a sports bar in Sydney and I walked in there on my birthday, feeling a bit down, but also a bit excited. The place was absolutely packed to the rafters. There must've been 300 Leicester fans in there. They were on chairs, on tables. They had scarves hanging from the ceilings. They knew all the songs. And as well as sort of it being fantastic for me thinking, oh my God, there is a community here. I was thinking, where the hell have they all been? And I haven't seen any of them since that night. They all just disappeared after the game. But so it's nice, so how, knowing, how nice you... knowing they're here, but I don't really catch up with that much. It's just nice knowing that they're scattered around here. So is that a, I was going to say, maybe you don't know, but do you know how they organise themselves then? Is, is there it's a, funny, I've been on a media group. That... There is a sort of Foxes in Exile website. And I spent a bit of time after that, kind of having a look and sending a few messages. Guys, where was everyone? Let's do this again. Let's make it a regular thing. Never quite. Never quite caught fire, but maybe, or maybe they just thought oh, we don't want him part of it. Let's don't reply to this guy. <laughs> maybe it's only when we play Man U, so they may be up for the FA Cup game. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll give it a go for the same bar. So, what? How do the timings work? So, normally uh, the Saturday afternoon games, then I'm guessing they're more difficult for you. It depends on the time of year. It depends on the time of year. At the start of the season, when the time difference is only nine hours. The early kickoffs are great because I can watch them at either 9 p.m. or 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, which is great. We then switch over, and because you guys switch the same time we switch, it goes from nine hours to 11 hours. So the Saturday games disappear, but then all the midweek games come into play, like all the games that are being played as an 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. kickoff in the UK at the moment. 
I can watch them at seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. I, the Brighton game was perfect for me. Got up and watched it easy, and then went to work. So, so at, yeah. at what point? At what point do you um, decide that the game is on too late to be uh, to to be watched? Look, it also depends if I've had a bit of a night out on the Saturday night. Um, the Liverpool game, I ended up staying up even though it was much later than normally expected because we'd been out and I was in the mood and I thought, well, come on, you can't miss this one. And the previous time when I stayed up and watched the Liverpool game, that was when um, the early morning set worked perfectly. And that was when I had some friends over and that was the, the that goal from Vardy. So I thought, well, we're kind of, uh, I've got to see the Liverpool games at home because something always happens. And so it proved. <laughs> and so what's, uh, what, which channel are showing it over there? Well, that is the one of the great sports? advantages of, of being here. One of the main internet providers, Optus, if you have your Wi-Fi and phone line and everything like that with them, you get the whole package. Every Premier League game, there's dedicated channels. You can watch them all. You can stream them. There's mini matches. There's highlights. There's in-depth analysis. It's basically a whole bunch of 24-hour channels dedicated to the Premier League. And you get them all free as long as your phone line is with Optus, which obviously mine is. So that's just fantastic. Steve, when um, when Leicester City won the league, was yes. there much was there much media interest in Australia about that? Yes, there was. There was an enormous amount. Um, it, it was quite a good thing because it's great wearing your shirt around town, right? And everybody's doing it. But when I was wearing my shirt around town, around here, you know, you're treated like a celebrity. People are coming up to you. People from Australia is very. Um, multicultural place as well so they've got people from all over Europe they've got loads of Italians who happen to live where I live as well and they love area. you're a bit of a celebrity in your own in your own town really far more than if you're in Leicester and every second person's wearing the shirt so that was that was fantastic I mean I remember I got on the plane to come over to see the Everton game and I was wearing my shirt of course and pilots were you know how they're standing at the entrance letting people in and they're like oh well done congratulations I'm thinking what I'm doing is wearing a shirt. I didn't really play much of a part in it, but thanks anyway. <laughs> so you, did, you had a bit of a spectacular round trip for that game. I, I think people would be interested to know about I did, that. I did. So it was. I remember it very clearly. It was Thursday morning, 6 o'clock, um, obviously a couple of days before the Everton game. I got a message from my sister saying, look, if you can come over and do some work before the game, because she uh, knows Andrew Neville at the club, she said, I can probably get you a ticket. Anyway, I wasted no... No time at all. Had a robust, brief but robust discussion with my other half. <laughs> um, because the decision had to be made pretty much there and then. I'm going away for a week. Is there anything in the fridge? No. Is there anything in the wine fridge? No. Sorry about that. Got on, got on going internet. anywhere in particular? Found, found a flight from, um, uh, from Sydney to Birmingham with Emirates. Leaving today, 12 o'clock. Fantastic. I thought they only went at night, but I'll get the early flight. Anyway, all went incredibly plain sailing goodness knows how i did it and bizarrely of course then i got to birmingham and it was only when I, it dawned on me it literally only dawned on me i picked up the papers and i'm like hang on a minute i've gained the 12 hours on the flight here i'm actually a day early so i'm, <laughs> I'm thinking oh god if this flight's delayed i'm gonna miss the match i got there a day early i was there by eight o'clock on the friday morning so i could have I could have managed my departure a little bit more easily but it was really nice because it meant i was there i had time to relax and not be jet lagged, got to the game, saw you guys afterwards. They ran out of beer in the pub at nine o'clock, if memory serves. And then I left on Sunday night and came home. And wow. was your wife still there? 
Look, I've made a, I've made a deal with the devil, haven't I? I basically said, look, unless unless she's literally going to be leaving me, and even then that would be a consideration. I'll just come back. I'll do the work, but I would have regretted it forever if I hadn't made the trip. You know, absolutely. You'd have regretted it. Ten out of ten for commitment. What about um? What about just go back to the, the presentation of, of Footy down there? What about the pundits? Are there any yeah, look, any ex players who you recognise as pundits? They've got all the names. So they we I don't know how it works, but we seem to share a bunch of commentators. We've got John Champion, we've got Jim Beglin, who's the anchor, who's really good as well. And then they've got um, Ian Wright, um, Michael Owen, right. uh, Alan Shearer. So they must they must basically trade across. And they've got basically a whole bunch of rugged old English centre-forward to complain and say it's not like it was in my day and slag off Jamie Vardy when he's not scoring goals. But they don't really use any Australians, so the whole thing is very British-based, so they couldn't make it easier for you. Brilliant. And what are your thoughts on this on the season so far and where it might end up? Well, yeah. Look, I think I was talking to you guys informally last week and my confidence absolutely fell off a cliff uh, this time last week. I was like, we've just done exactly the same as last year. That Amati goal could be an absolutely pivotal goal in, in our club's trajectory. It's certainly a pivotal goal in the way I'm thinking about things, you know, because you just think with everybody beating each other, if we can just, it's a case of stumbling over the line, isn't it? Three or four more wins, there's a bit of a points gap. All the t top teams are beating each other. So um, Chelsea just beat Everton's probably a good result for us. I don't care how we get there. It can be, we've got to win ugly from this point on. And, we're finding ways to do it. You know, four points from two tough-ish away games. Can't can't argue with that, can you? And uh, are we going to make it? I actually think we will. If you'd asked me before, if you'd even asked me, certainly if you'd asked me at half-time in the Brighton game, I would have said, no way. We can't fashion wins. But it seems that we're coping without Vardy now. Inacho's in the game. I was so pleased to see that Rogers kept him on didn't take him off after his goal, which he does have a habit of doing. And um, and it proved the point. He'll start, his confidence is up. We can get goals from somewhere else now. As long as even the return of one single player will give everybody a boost. So as soon as that happens, I, I really think we can do it this time. Great, Steve. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Carry on in your Foxile role of spreading the word about the famous foxes all around Sydney and all over Australia. And uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. You too. Cheers, guys. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Steve. See ya. Thanks very much. Right. So, ki so Killer, mm. we have had two features going, one called Know Your Club and the other one called On This Day in History. Yeah. And I believe you've amalgamated them. Today. Yes. Yes, I've come up with something quite sensational. And uh, just, for all of our, just for all of our listeners, here's the chance to get your pen and paper because we're going to have a little bit of quiz fun time now and you can play along as well and by all means do write in and let us know how you fare against the hapless tim and the generally quite quite knowledgeable norm albeit doesn't remember things about his friends <laughs> not to worry all right so this is what we're going to do guys i've plucked three random leicester city games from around about this time of year, from three random years, <laughs> and I want you to to guess the attendances. <laughs> okay, right. The attendances. So, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all three games, scribble down your guesses, 
and then obviously you get a point if you're closest. All right. And as I say, people can play as well at home to make it totally, totally engaging. Are we ready to play then? Let's start with Tim. Tim will get, get the first guess. I'm going to take you back to March 1990. Leicester City are in the second tier of English football, now known as the Championship, second division as was. And we're playing Plymouth Argyle at home. All three games, by the way home games, all right? So you're not trying to remember somebody else's attendance. This is Leicester City games at a time where you would have been supporting them. So, Tim, March 1990, second tier, Plymouth at home. What's your guess, please? Mm, 14,290. Okay. Obviously, Norm's going to get this probably spot on, but go for it anyway, Norm. <laughs> um, I think that's way too high for 1990. I would say it would be less than 10,000. 9,762. 9,762. Okay. Game two. This one now is with Norm. Okay. okay. I'm going to take you back now to March 1987, mm. where Leicester City are in the top flight of English football. Division one, as was, would now be known as the Premier League. Round about March, we're playing Queen's Park Rangers at home, Norm. What was our attendance? Okay. Um, 14,567. Okay. And Tim? 14,568. <laughs> okay. No, I'll, I'll be fair to Norm. That, that, that feels a bit unfair. I'm going to be more bullish. Um, 17,500. 17,500. Okay. <laughs> and sticking with Tim then. And last round, March 1993. This was Brian Little's last se second season. The season before we'd got to the playoff final. And we're at home... Pretty much a bit, a bit, bit of a derby thing going on. Birmingham City. What was our game? Um, 16,400. 16,400. And Norm, what's your guess? Um, I'm going to go for 19,562. Thank you very much. Okay, guys. Well... The fascinating thing that you're going to find is, and this is what makes me laugh a lot on social media, if you if you follow Leicester City on social media, the thing, if, if you've been supporting Leicester City as long as we have, you should just appreciate where we've come from. And this will absolutely remind us all exactly where Leicester City have come from. Okay? Let me go back through. March 1990, second-tier football, Plymouth at home, Tim, you said just over 14,000. Norm, you said just under 10,000. Norm, spot on. The actual gate, 9,395. <laughs> Great. <that's laughs> okay. So, actually, you'd just be within a few hundred. Okay. Top tier. This is Leicester City, effectively, in the Premier League. In March 1987, folks, we played at home to QPR. Tim said 17,500. Norm said 14,500 or just over. 7,384. Wow. No way. 
Really? You scarcely believe it. 7,384. So that was Filbert Street, a third full for a top flight game. And this is what I mean about people turning around and moaning when we're third in the table, going, oh, they were rubbish. Yeah. I'll tell you what, 7,500 watching us in 87. But then, but then let's flip it over then, because things did get a bit better under Brian Little, didn't they? They very quickly improved. Mm. Obviously, we took the butt end of 40,000 to Wembley for the Blackburn playoff final. So March 1993, the year after that, Birmingham City at home, 10,284. That's it. So, Norm, so, Tim, you you won that round. 2-1 to Norm. But think about that for a second, guys. Just over 10,000 for a home game when we're actually doing reasonably well under Brian Little. I mean, I as I was going through these, I genuinely thought to myself, and tell me if I'm wrong, I reckon if Leicester City now, if we if we drew, let's say, Notts County in the third round of the FA Cup away, okay, and it was a Saturday afternoon, and Notts County effectively said to Leicester, you can have as much as the ground as you want because we'll only have a couple of thousand. I think Leicester would take more fans away to that game than at the Birmingham City game in 1993. Well, yeah, the thing for me, Killer, I was just, I was just thinking about that because I think it was the, the we had three playoff finals on the trot, didn't we? Blackburn, Swindon and Derby. Yeah. But I think it was the Blackburn one because they didn't take many. I think I'm right in saying this might be an old wives' tale, but um, that, that at that time was the most fans a club had ever taken to Wembley, because obviously normally in the FA Cup finals on that you wouldn't get the allocations. Yeah. But the playoff final against a, a small supported club in Blackburn, when we took forty odd, circa forty thousand, I believe that was the most a, a club. So those yeah. numbers are, are really extraordinary that you mentioned there. Maybe there's a pandemic on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, look, it, you know, it just goes to, I mean, let's be honest now, Leicester City at home. I mean, there's no point doing the attendances for the last three or four seasons because it never dips below 31,500 ever. And, and I would imagine the only deviation really is if the away fans, if, and, and, and just a quick one, by the way, what is the record attendance at the King Bower? Does anybody know who we played? For some reason, I don't know why. It's just a quirk of the club. It, I, I think it wasn't it the um, wasn't it the first game of our Premier League oh, season? Wasn't God, it? Sun- he's going to get it right. It, isn't was, he? it was Sunderland. <laughs> <and> it was <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sunderland, thirty-two thousand. Yes, yes, it was. Let's move on, Tim. Back to back to Tim. Yeah. <laughs> What is what is the matter with him? He doesn't know no, that one no. of his best friends was at a game, and yet he he picks up a piece. You're not no, right, Norm. Norm. Spoil, Norm spoils another feature. <laughs> oh, God, I'll get my coat. Let's Genius. move on. Um, we've got Sheffield United coming up, and just before we come on to that, just a just a thought on not being in the Europa League because obviously the Europa League fixtures are this week, and it gives me a bit of. A bit of optimism um, coming into the rest of the season. We've, we've got 10 games to play. Um, a bit of a mixed bag. We might have a little look next week, actually, at the running and where we think we might end and what we might need to end on in terms of points. But we've got 10 games to play. If we'd got to the Europa League final, Norm, just before you do your Chef U preview, we would have had 17 games to play. Yeah. 
And that's, sorry, that's that's excluding the FA Cup both ways. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be a blessing in disguise, isn't it? With our injuries, it, it's being out of it now. Whilst obviously we it's, we wanted to win it, um, it's it's looking like it's probably going to going to help us. Um, to be to be quite honest, so a bit of a rest is going to be a, a good thing. Um, and the other thing I noticed is that apart from the Sheffield United game, which obviously I'm given their position, we'd hope we'll do well in. I don't think we play another Premier League game until the beginning of April. I think it's Man City, actually. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. And that does give us a bit of time to get... I know we've got the FA Cup game against Man U in there, but that does give us a bit of time to get a couple of our injured, injured players back, like Madison and you know Barnes is only going to be out for another sort of four weeks. So that could be another blessing. Yeah, third of April, Man City. Yeah. So yeah, a good good bit of time. What uh, and next up though is Chef Yu. Only only problem non being we're at home. Well, you'd hope that could that is surely is the only problem. I mean, I think that yeah, you know, these are putting in the worst performance in the Premier League since Derby all those years ago, aren't they? I mean, I do like Sheffield United, and I do feel a bit sorry for them. But you know, with their manager Wilder admitting that they're going to be playing in the championship next season the players know that too i i, I just think that they've, they've they've kind of admitted it it's almost like they're on the you know normally you're on the beach because you're mid-table but i think these guys are have just completely gone now i mean there is only pride and i don't even it doesn't even look like they're they're really playing for for that at the moment so i i cannot i cannot see any there cannot be any other result than other than a comfortable Leicester win. They just look terrible. From being unlucky for a lot of the season, losing by the odd goal, they they just don't look there anymore. And I don't think there's a lot else to to, to, to say on it. I, I, we we can't possibly do anything other than win win this game. Given that the next game after that's Man City, and I think this that gives a real nice a real nice cushion moving moving on for the rest of the rest of the season so just really 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 confident it should be it should be easy i'm gonna it's gonna come back and bite me on the backside but it, it really should be shouldn't it and killer i heard rogers interviewed after the brighton game and he was a very encouraging injury news actually didn't mention madison slightly worryingly at all but I th- he pretty much said Evans would be back for this one so to your earlier point i'm guessing it might be soyuncu that drops out rather than fafana um, but also potentially Perez. I'm not sure how excited <laughs> I am about that. And, and not necessarily for this game, but imminently Dennis Pratt. Yeah, and it's nice that we're getting a couple of the uh, couple of couple of players back. Like you said, none of the ones mentioned apart from Evans. I'm going to get too excited about in in, in truth. But look. Yeah, I totally, totally echo what Norm says. I think you're at that point in the season. If you're playing for Sheffield United, the reality of it is you think you're giving 100%, but you're just not, are you? Because because deep down, your heart and soul's not in it. You know that you know you're going down. You're probably more thinking about do you as a footballer have a future in the Premier League? Is somebody going to come in and pick you up? I mean, true for most of those Sheffield United players, the answer to that is no. So, you know, they're going to have to slug it out in the championship. You just you just hope that in terms of what we've got to play for, what's at stake, that we, even with our horrific home form, we should have enough. 
should have enough. Let's let's hope so. And the good news is, Killer, that um, I know you like your, your Sunday lunches, and with, with with us playing in the Europa League, our games don't need to be on Sundays anymore. But this yeah. one is on Sunday lunch <laughs> at two o'clock. So, Norm, let's uh, let's have a look at the predicted table, and in another or maybe a final double game week. Um, uh, the Burnley result went my way. I predicted 1-1. You two both had Leicester wins for that one. And then the Brighton game went Norm's way. Predicted 2-1. Killer, you picked up a point uh, for a win. And I predicted another draw, so I got nothing there. Leaving us with Killer on 11 points. Me on 16. And Norm on 20. Going into Sheffield United, Norm. Um, like, like, well, like I've, I've alluded to, this is a, an absolute must win. Will win and should win comfortably, I'm going to go for 4-1 Leicester. And Keller? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Kalichi hat-trick 3-0. Nice. Uh, and I'm going to say 3-1 because I think, uh, agree with everything you've said, I, th- I think they've, they've gone much as I do admire both them and Chris Wilder. If you want to get in touch with us, it's leicestercitypubcast at gmail.com. Feel free to... Give us a shout with ideas or if you want to appear on the show. And uh, just for, finishes for me to say, Killer and Norm, thanks ever so much. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the Leicester City podcast, please subscribe and tell everyone about it. If you hated the Leicester City podcast, please keep it to yourselves. See you next week.